0: This is J.G. Hertzler, General Martok, on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson.
1: Fleet Command. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. Welcome, everyone, to Trek Geeks, your independent Star Trek podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and for once, I'm actually introducing myself. How novel. We're excited to have you here. This is episode 131, and we're bringing back a fan favorite tonight. Of course, I could be talking about the infamous Seater Skip It, but instead, I mean my illustrious co-host. He is heralded from sea to shining sea as the star of Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. He's the lovable and irascible Dan Davidson. Dan, growl for me. Show me you still care.
2: Oh, oh, I love it when you talk like that. (laughs) It is great to be here. Thank you for a very nice introduction. And, And I can say, I hope I sound better than I did on the last episode of Discovering Trek when I obviously had some mic problems. So I've gone out, I've gotten a new mic, I've got a Yeti, top of the line. Hopefully I sound half as good as you do, Bill, and I think it'll be okay.
1: You do sound half as good as I do, but I think that's largely just genetics, buddy.
2: Okay, so this week on... uh... (laughs) Boom, boom. Exactly. Thank you, thank you. Yo, I'm excited to be here because, as you alluded to just a second ago, we're bringing back a fan favorite this week, and we're getting back into the swing of things with DS9 over the course of last week and this week, and I'm very excited about what we've got going on this week.
1: That's right, we're going to do one of our patented and... And trademarked, of course, it's neither of those things, see it or skip it episodes. And Dan, we're focusing on the second season of our favorite Star Trek.
2: Yes, Deep Space Nine Season 2. Um, we have talked in the past about how uh, the spin-off series sometimes took a little bit of time to get their, to get their feet on the ground running, so to speak. And uh, I used to think the same of Deep Space Nine Season 2, but with my rewatch recently, I think some people are going to be very happy with the results that we have with tonight's uh, spreadsheet of yes or no.
1: I think they'll be quite startled, quite frankly, especially looking at some of our other averages. If you compare this to TNG season two, well, maybe we'll do that later. Dan, (laughs) speaking of comparisons and comments and all kinds of stuff, why don't you tell the good folks playing the home edition how they can give us their thoughts on season two of Star Trek Deep Space Nine and
2: beyond? Well, I'd be very, beyond, I like that. I'd be very happy to do that, Bill. Uh, it's easier than ever to get in touch with us. You can head right on over to trekgeeks.com slash contact. And there you can find a variety of ways to send us your thoughts. And, and we want to hear from you. So uh, you can leave us a voicemail. You can Skype chat us. You can even fill out the contact form and leave us a message about anything that may be on your Star Trek mind. Uh, plus, don't forget, you can click the big blue button on the right side of the website and even leave us a voice message using SpeakPipe, which is very handy and uh you know we talk about it every single week bill we love camp kittimer and we want everybody listening to go on over and join our official facebook group uh it's great things happening over there every single week like star trek talk and pictures and contest trek tuesday is a huge thing over at camp kittimer plus as an added bonus you're going to get early access to these here episodes of the Trek Geeks podcast. So uh, to join the group, just head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash camp Kittimer. And any one of our wonderful admins, Heather, Jackie, or Dan will let you right in to join in on all the fun, but please remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. Back to you, Bill. Thank you, Dan. That was fantastic.
1: You know, Dan, um, we're very excited also this week, speaking of fan favorites, we bring a fan favorite back to Trek Geeks. He is, of course, the special guest geek for this episode, and he's here, Dan, for the full hour.
2: Oh, I, I think it might be even more than the full hour, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we talk about him every week. Uh, he just he loves my farcisms. I know he just just waits on bated breath every single week. It is the man himself. It is Mr. Andy Fark from Five-Year Mission, and Andy, welcome back to the show, man. We are thrilled to have you as our guest geek this week.
0: Boys, you flatter me and also slightly scare me, so I'm glad <laughs> to be back.
1: We, uh, it's been a long time since we've had you on. Of course, you guys have been doing some great things. We've been talking up year four on Trek Geeks for, for quite a while you guys are are pretty close to to letting that out of the bag. So where are you at with it right now?
0: Uh, we have one more track to record, and it's going to be the biggest pain in the butt ever for the track of the Day of the Dove. And uh, everything else is mixed, ready to go. And uh, yeah, April twenty seventh, it's going to be in everyone's hot wow. in hands. And if you if you donate it to the Kickstarter, you'll have it even before April twenty seventh. So.
2: Oh, that's so exciting. That's Beautiful. Hey, hey, Andy, let me ask you a quick question about Day of the Dove. You're going to have a Piotr reference in that song? No. Oh, I'll buy it anyway. I'm, I, I knew you, were.
0: <laughs> you, you Even if there wasn't one, if there was one, you were going to buy it either way. So don't
2: try to act like you weren't going to. That's right. right. I'm sorry. I'll buy two now, okay? Perfect. <laughs>
1: maybe maybe three because you know you're you're a big jerk but um but yeah <laughs> that so, was honestly, fark, are... <laughs> <laughs> fark you're joining us tonight for deep space nine obviously it, it's dan's in my favorite track where does it rank with you obviously you wear uh you wear a lot of tos garb and your uh your your gigs with five-year mission are, are you a huge ds9 fan uh
0: ds9 is my favorite series actually nice but, but don't tell any of our fans that tos everybody
1: that's that's my favorite <laughs> but it's really deep actually deep space nine did that's it fantastic. did you know did you know it was your favorite while you were watching it or did it take some time afterwards and it sort of you know like when you know, the light bulb went off over your head
0: yeah basically as soon as like as soon as i hit probably season five i was like yeah this is this is the best. This is, there's no comparison to this. I mean, this is by far my favorite series. And I, I hated trying to admit it to myself just because of, you know, how iconic next generation was. And of course, you know, I'm in five year mission and we sing about TOS and everything. So it was, I had to come to grips with, is this really my favorite series? Yes. Yes, it is.
1: Well, you're with the, uh, the perfect support group tonight and, um, oh. and fret not, you you are you are among fellow Deep Space Nine uh devotees, so we're gonna have a fun time tonight. I'm excited. I'm pretty sure Dan's excited too, even though, you know, there could be a lawsuit by the end of the night. You never know. Well, you think you you know, you're excited? I, was ask. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was I was gonna make sure that I ask before I sing anything, but chances are I won't even bother. So I think we're gonna be lawsuit free by the end of the evening. No means no, Dan. Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep remembering that.
1: You know, the best part of breaking up segments, and I'm not just saying this because Fark is, is is part of the recording tonight is the fact that there's more five-year mission in between each segment of the show. But that's just me, Dan. <laughs> kick,
2: at, kiss at, kick ass, kiss ass, what, whichever one. It's okay. You know what? <laughs> it doesn't matter because I, I have to, I, I can't disagree with you because it is pretty awesome. It's Listening to the five-year mission in between segments is better than listening to ourselves. So I can't fault you there, my good man.
1: Fark! I'm going to be sure that I use a bumper that uses a lot of drums. So when you actually listen to this, you uh-huh. know, when you're you're pumping iron at the gym, you're going to hear a lot of yourself in that way too. So
0: yay! It's, it's basically just a, just masturbation for me at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, outstanding! You know what better yes. way to segue into Star Trek: Deep Space Nine?
0: <laughs> no, that would be
1: that that would be Voyager. Just oh, pure, no, it would be a
0: Voyager, that's
1: right. Pure Star that's Trek right. masturbation. Oh, my, my lord. I, it's, I don't know how we're going to make it through the, the rest of this hour, but we're going to soldier on. So, obviously, um, you guys know how this works, but let me remind the folks at home what we do with See It or Skip It, since it's been a little while since we've done one. Uh, Dan and I have gone through and rated all of the episodes of Season 2 of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and we're going to decide whether it was a See It or a Skip It and tell you why. Now, I can't speak for Dan, but as far as me, I can tell you there's absolutely no rhyme or reason to why I would watch or skip a given episode. Sometimes it's because it fits in the larger story. And with Deep Space Nine, that's that's probably more true than ever. Or other times it may be just because I don't, I just, I really don't dig it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can guarantee both of you boys that there's at least one meh in this season.
2: (laughs) That is your, that is your trademark bud. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. There's no real rhyme or reason. If it's an episode that I just don't like, I'm going to give it a skip it. I mean, it doesn't have to have a specific reason when you're looking at the overall arc of the entire series of deep space nine. Um, If it's a good episode, I'm going to give it a see it because there are things I like about it. But if there's if it's just, you know, you have your math trademark and I usually have my there's one episode per season that I just have no recollection of whatsoever. Chances are there might be one of those in season two of Deep Space Nine.
1: <laughs> you're honest and we appreciate that. And of course, Fark, you're welcome to chime in with whether you would see a, or skip a given episode um, if you want to wade into that territory. And if not, um, believe me, we totally get it because Dan and I are, are boring and we might put you to sleep.
0: Uh what? I'm sorry. I, I I stopped paying attention after the home bing bong thing.
1: That was <laughs> uh, Well no, done. Tough. Well played, sir. <laughs> well played. Well yeah. with that, we will uh let's get started. Fark is gonna shepherd us through the list of episodes and uh you can decide who goes when, Fark, and um it's all in your capable hands, good sir.
0: All right, let's kick it off Deep Space Nine Season 2, Episode 1, The Homecoming. Quark gives Kira a Bajoran earring he claims was sent as a message from a Cardassian mining planet. Dan, we'll go ahead and start with you, good sir, for no good reason.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate being able to go first. Thank you so much. Uh, You know what? This is Season 2, Episode 1. I I have to give it a see-it. However, I have a new appreciation for the Circle Trilogy. I used to really not like it, um, but thanks to my pals over at Heroes and Icons TV... Uh, I've been able to rewatch this recently, and I I really have a better appreciation for it. And uh, I also got to thank Jim Morehouse, because I know it's one of his favorite uh, arcs in all of Star Trek history. And of course, you know, Frank Langella is just amazing in all three of these, but I just love seeing him in Deep Space Nine. So I gave it a see it.
1: Yeah, I have to admit, I did as well. Um, I hate to let the cat out of the bag, but we got our first agreement of the episode, which really feels kind of underwhelming. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's really if you think about it, the first three parter in Star Trek history, for all intents and purposes, and then Dan, like you said, Frank Langella. I mean, the guy doesn't even take an on-screen credit for this episode, which uh, he should have because he's fantastic in the whole thing. Oh, and then, of course, there's you know, there's Richard Beamert from West Side Story as Lee Nallis. I uh, I think this is a great start to a wonderful three-part arc.
0: Yeah, and I I totally I can't agree on that. I definitely gave, gave this one a see-it myself because I mean it's a, very it's a, nice. It's a very like unofficial, like you said, three-parter, and I mean, how, how are you going to skip a one part of a three-parter? Honestly,
1: yeah, you can't.
2: Uh. Okay. <laughs> we got anything?
0: I, I didn't know if you had anything else to chime in. Moving on. Well, Here's actually. what
2: I would say I, I could have saved this until the end of the the three episodes uh, that this arc takes place, but I got to say, at first, when these were on and the first times that I watched and rewatched the series, I wasn't really interested in the whole Bajoran way of life and politics and religion thing. It really wasn't something that I was like, oh man, I really think this is great stuff. But now that I have that better understanding and better appreciation for the circle, uh, it's it's much different for me than it was in the past.
1: I, I will tell you that I do have the results of the Camp Kittimer survey that was done by uh, by Debbie Multasanti over in Camp Kittimer, and we're grateful to her for doing that. Every time we do a see it or skip it, now Debbie, thank you so much. I'm going to go through all three episodes once we've completed the uh, the episode arc. If that's good with you guys,
0: sure. Good for me. All right. Up next, episode two: The Circle. The The Circle uh, attempts to topple the Bajoran government, but there is more to the situation than meets the eye. Bill, we'll go ahead and start with you, since I gave Dan the first shot.
1: Well, thank you. I um, I think this is also definitely a see it. I hate to uh, show my hand early, but uh, this may be a trend for this this arc. I think this is a fantastic middle act. It's got uh, it's got a lot of tension. It's got a lot of drama. And, um, I think that the way Cisco is written in this particular episode, um, is fantastic. So for me, it's absolute see it.
2: Yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree with you, Bill. Um, it is a see it for me. And like I said, just a minute ago, one of the reasons that I like this episode is this second part of the trilogy continues along very nicely and gives us a real great insight into those Bajoran politics and religion that I just spoke of a minute ago. Um, even though they can be as repulsive as ours at times when we're watching Deep Space Nine, it was really interesting f- to watch for me. So I gave it a see it as well.
0: Yeah, that's a, a definite see it for me on this one too. I mean, we got a lot of intrigue. We got a lot of like cool cliffhanger, a cool cliffhanger and nice, nice little reveals, and plus I mean, we're getting to know Kira even more and more. So, and that's always a plus in my book.
1: I absolutely agree. I think that the Kira aspect of this story is probably one of my favorites because she get really gets put on some uncertain turf. You know, after only one season and you uh, at this point, you don't know what's going to happen with her character. You assume she's going to be back on Deep Space Nine. But at this point, you just don't know.
0: Exactly. All right. Moving on to blaze, blaze blazed through those first two, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Episode three, the siege. Cisco and Lee Nallis help stop Deep Space Nine from being commandeered by the Bajorans while Kira and Dax try to put an end to the circle by presenting evidence that Minister Jaro is being backed by the Cardassians. Dan, back to you.
2: Yeah, why not wrap up uh, the three-part arc with yet another see-it, so three for three so far in Season 2. You know, it is rare that an arc story has a see it and a skip it. It has happened in TNG. We saw that happen with Bill and I, uh, but I can't throw this one to the wolves. Um, it's a see it, but I can't say I didn't love this episode. There were a lot of parts that I liked to it. Uh, I liked how Kira confronted Jaro at the monastery. I thought that was great. And I liked that Colonel day uh, while trying to assassinate Cisco on the station is just incompetent. And like a poor marksman, he keeps missing the target. So uh, I gave that a see. It yes,
1: nice reference. I like that. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> I don't think this is as strong an episode as the first two, but I think it absolutely has some great moments, like you said, Dan. Uh, I'm going to say that Steven Weber is part of this story, and he's terrible in everything he's in. Um, I, <laughs> I don't like I don't like anything Stephen Weber has ever been in. Um, but I think you have to finish this story out because I think it comes to a satisfying conclusion. So for me. The siege is an absolute see it.
2: Maybe he should yeah, have I, winged it. Oh,
1: that was, oh, that was terrible.
2: Sorry.
0: Sorry. I definitely, I definitely gave this a see it too, even though I don't want to agree with Dan after that whole pun. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely see it because, I mean, it wraps up the whole, you know, three-part arc, first uh, first few episodes of season two. Again, more great character development, more insight into what the hell the Bajorans are doing. So, I mean, yeah, that's a it's a definite see it.
1: Now, as far as Camp Kittimer, I think that this is interesting. So, in breaking down the three episodes, The Homecoming has an 86% see it which I think is, that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, if I go to the circle, it's got a 91% see it, wow, which is pretty fantastic. And then the siege, the last part drops back down again to 87%, which I think is, is really kind of telling. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think it agrees with most of us. Um, a lot of, uh, there's one verbatim that says excellent three parter. Um, and that's, I think that's absolutely true. But uh, it's interesting to see how those votes fell percentage-wise over the three episodes.
0: That is kind of interesting that the, the middle episode would get the most see-its instead of, you know, like basically the meat is getting all the love but the bread is just, you know,
1: meh. Yeah, for yeah, fair, yeah, no, for totally. Sure. Well, <laughs> that's, well, kind of like Empire is the best Star Wars movie, but yet I digress. Seriously. <laughs> see it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh speaking of see it, let's move on to episode four. Invasive procedures. I think I'm gonna have to have one of those here pretty soon. Um, a plasma storm <laughs> leads to the evacuation of most of the station, but a trill refugee has his own plans. Ooh. Bill, let's let's hear your thoughts.
1: That sounds very ominous, Fark. Thank right. you. Um I really kind of like this episode, even though it's it's kind of on the verge of creating its own DS9 trope, and that is Dax is attacked and in trouble. You know, it happened in Season 1 in the episode Dax, um, and then it happens again early on in Season 2 in Invasive Procedures. But overall, I kind of like what this episode does and what it sets up for Dax, so I'm going to call this one a see-it.
2: Yeah, I can, I can agree with you there, Bill, about a couple of things you said. I gave it a see-it, but... It's one of those borderline seats. I like the story, but I just found it way too convenient that the whole station just had to evacuate except, quote unquote, except for the senior staff. I found that a little bit too convenient for Varad and his plans on what he was planning to do. Um, But I I didn't dislike the episode too, too much. His manic smile was like really creepy. Um, And like you said, it is a great Dax episode and sets up for a lot of stuff down the line. So I gave it a... Borderline, see it. I guess I'll put it that way. What about you, Fark?
0: Uh, I, I thought it was a definite see it. Um, mainly because you know we get a little more background on the Trill, and plus, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm also a big fan of how uh, how the the uh, the Renegade Trill got on board. He basically had hired guns to help him, and I thought it was it was it was kind of like a weird like heist kind of thing going on, so you have like Mm -hmm. like Ocean's Eleven in space almost, except a little more of like a a straightforward kind of place, rather than, you know, oh, we're going to be sneaky. So, yeah, I think think that was a definite scene.
1: One of the fun things in this episode, if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves, this is the one where Tim Russ plays a Klingon, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, and so we get a little more Tim Russ before we get to Fark's favorite, Voyager. Um, <laughs> doesn't like this episode as much. This one for all the campers was a 64% see So still a majority, mm-hmm. but, um, I still, I think very interesting. I
2: yeah. think it's interesting that I think for the first time in our Cedar or skip it history, we're four for four for the first episode of a season, the uh, first uh, four episodes of a season. I should say that's pretty incredible.
1: That's historical and Fark is here. And part of it,
2: you guys are going to get
1: married i love him oh my god
0: i hate you both
1: episode five
0: (laughs) cardassians garrick investigates the identity of a cardassian boy of rubel abandoned on bajor who has been raised by a majoran
2: dan let's see what you think about
0: cardassians
2: Cardassians is a definite, definite see it. This is a fantastic episode. It it does what Star Trek does best. It deals with modern issues like racism and bigotry and child custody battles. Um, then you add to that the whole Gul Dukat being, well, Gul Dukat at his best, playing that chess game that he is so good at. It makes this episode one of my favorite Cardassian themed episodes in all of Star Trek, it is without a doubt a see-it, must-see episode. Bill?
1: You know, I have to say that I, I really like this story, and Robert Mandan from Soap is fantastic in this, as Rugal's biological father. Uh, I think the ending is just a little weak, and and I honestly think the Bashir character is just a little out of his element in this episode, but I really kind of like the conflict that it presents both for Bashir and 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 for Cisco too. So ultimately for me this episode's a see it, um, it. it is a great Cardassian at the end episode as you said Dan. Fark, how about you?
0: Oh, I'd absolute 100% see it cuz I mean again, I mean this is a classic Star Trek episode When like this is this is one of the kind of ones where I would point someone towards it if they're they're like what is Star Trek? You know what? What do they talk about on Star Trek? What are the themes of Star Trek? This, do is definitely you know, it's kind of a whole allegory for you know what's going on on Earth currently in the past, and how well, in the past hundred fifty years really. And it's I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Plus, Cardassians, mm-hmm. come on.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Am I right? <laughs> right. All one word. Am I right? A M I R I T E. Am I right? I love it. Okay, moving on to episode six, Melora. Bashir tries to help ensign Melora Pazlar, the first Elysian to join Starfleet, adjust to normal gravity. Bill, let's go to you.
1: Well, boys, we've hit we've hit a momentous occasion in this theater. Skip it. Uh-huh. I present to you the infamous Meh. And in this case, I mean, meh, Laura, this Ah. episode is a skip it for me. I am bored by it. I could not care any less about um, her trying to adjust to gravity or the conflict that it presents. Um, It's not a terrible episode. It's just not one that I think is nearly as engaging as the five that came before it in the season. So I feel like it's a bit of a downshift. So yeah, for me, it's a skip it, Dan.
2: Wow, first skip it of the season. Wow, way to wear that one on your chest real proudly there, sir. Um, I'm giving you to see it actually. I'm still uh, I'm going six for six so far. You know, I will agree with you, Bill, it's not the greatest of episode episodes, but I, I actually liked the idea of seeing how different other species can be, even if they look humanoid. The whole way that gravity affects Melora was something that I found kind of interesting um, Mm -hmm. and sad at the same time. So I I decided to give this one a see it. So we will beg to differ. I don't need to beg. It's okay.
0: Oh, Mm. Dan, you are definitely definitely going to be in the minority on this one. I give this a one hundred (laughs) percent absolute skip it. Oh my god! I I watching like rewatching this within the past week or so. I was just going. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this stupid episode. Just because, like, <laughs> Laura, you know, I, I wanted to like her, but she was such an unlikable character. I mean, yes, I realize, you know, it's, you know, they're trying to accommodate her and everything, and she's just, you know, super independent. And just, it's like, it's great that they had, you know, a handy, capable character that was, you know, trying to be independent and everything. But do you have to be such a b hole about it? Like, constantly? No, you absolutely do not. So, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Malora is kind of the Dan Davidson of Starfleet at this point.
0: An absolute B-hole, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Wow>. Dan <laughs> Dan Malora wow. Davidson. I'm making a note oh. on that spreadsheet right now. Thank there you. we go.
1: Well, And speaking of spreadsheets, Camp Kittimer Fark agrees with you and me. Uh, a, ma- a majority, 52% says they would skip this episode. So, um, oh. so far they they were really kind of in line with us. Um, one person um, said, I really dislike this episode. The crew just tries to give Melora a helping hand and she's very mean when she yep. says, hey. no, skip it. So See? way to go, Dan.
2: Whatever. Nice pick. <laughs> pick.
0: <laughs> nice pick, Melora. <laughs> 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 okay, moving on to Episode 7, Rules of Acquisition. Quark represents Grand Zek in a plot to establish a Ferengi business present in the Gamma Quadrant. Dan, let's hear from you.
2: Um, well, hopefully you guys will agree with me on this one, um, as well as Camp Kittimer, because I gave this one see C-It. And the main reason that I give this one see C-It is because this is the one that starts it all. Even if we don't know it yet, and that's all I'm going to say. Going to leave it right out there like that. Love it. See it.
1: I uh, I have to agree. Uh, we're back on the agreement bandwagon, and it's really uncomfortable and tenuous. But I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts. Um, yeah, this is the first seed for the Dominion arc, really. I mean, it's they're mentioned Set. here for the very first time. I normally don't enjoy Ferengi episodes but this one is a definite exception for me. Uh, my ears usually bleed when I hear Grand Naga Zech, even though I love Wallace Shawn, but that laugh just really gets to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one. I want to pop my own Art. eardrums. So, uh, so, yeah, definite t- <laughs> <laughs> a definite see it for me. Thanks, Mark. Yep, I went
0: with a see it on this one, too. So, I mean, again, it's the first mention of the, of the Dominion, and of course, everyone's kind of, you know, blowing it off like, yeah, Dominion. We'll probably never hear about them ever again. Oh, were we wrong. So yeah, and plus you also get uh Jane from Firefly as one of the uh species that they were that, that, that they were trying to buy all
2: the all the barrels of barrels of wine from. And if I uh, if I recall correctly, the big dude is Lieutenant Clag from TNG when Riker was uh kind of doing that little uh cross educational program on the Klingon ship.
0: That's true. Uh, yeah. You're right. That, I Didn't I? Good eye. Good eye, Davidson. I'm changing your name to <laughs> Dan Good Eyes Malora Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. You're gonna have like seven different nicknames by the time this is done, and they're and they all <laughs> completely contradict each other. Seven more.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, seven more. All That's right. Because the other we'll ones be- we can't say on the podcast.
0: well okay we can we can add in b-hole at least yeah
1: okay
0: okay it works for me (laughs) all right moving on to episode eight necessary evil when Quark is shot odo reopens a five-year-old murder case of mr vatrick who was a cardassian collaborator That son of a Uh, bill let's hear from you
1: you know, I think the only thing this ke- that keeps this episode on the see it list for me is the conflict and tension between Kira and Odo. You know, it's a it's a bit of a who done it. Odo solves the case, and he doesn't like that he was lied to by one of the people he grew to trust the most over the years. He realizes that she pulled the wool over his eyes, and for years he didn't realize it. So for me, uh, this one's a see it simply for that tension and and the fracture in that relationship this early on in the series, Dan.
2: Yeah, I agree 100% with you, man. And specifically for that reason, I gave it a seat as well just for that because that relationship takes a hit here um, even while it's still building, so to speak. But one of the other things that I really liked about this episode were the flashback sequences. I thought they were very well done and they were woven into the story in a very, very good way. So, uh, yeah, this is one of those ones that if you want to see the whole Kira Odo uh, aspect of the series, this is a definite must-see, so it's a see-it.
0: Oh, I absolutely agree. Definite see-it just because I loved the fact that it was very Sherlock Holmesy without it being being on a holodeck. Yeah. Yeah. De- so, so yeah a, I definite, I agree. a definite see-it for me, because, you know, it, they, they could have easily done something like this on a holodeck, and I would have been ah, skipping. Mm-hmm. And plus, any, any any chance just to see just to see Odo kind of do his thing is always fantastic.
1: Hmm. Well, the uh, the impressive thing about this episode is that only eighteen percent of respondents in Camp Kettmer said they would skip this episode. So, overwhelmingly, Ooh. you see it for necessary evil, which I think is pretty wow. cool.
2: That's fantastic.
0: Smart people over there on Camp Kettmer. All right. Let's move on to episode nine. Uh, Second sight. A mysterious woman, Finna, catches Cisco's eye during their fleeting meetings. That's a tough one to say there at the end. Uh, Dan. <laughs>
2: speaking of tough things to say, Dan. Wow. Well. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this a see it, but I got a lot of problems with this episode. The biggest of which is. The fact that, well, let me, let me go to what I do like first. I like the idea of Cisco being interested in a woman for the first time since the death of his wife, Jennifer. I think that's fantastic. It's nice. It kind of reminds me of Longmire because I'm watching Longmire now. So, you know, you know, he's got to, he's got to move on. He's got to, you know, you know, find another love. And this seems to be one that he's interested in. But come on, man, we see this with Jordy and his mother and we've seen it with other things in TNG. It's not really her And it's not that hard to see. So I have problems with it in that aspect. However, I will give it a see it because I can live with it. Bill.
1: (laughs) You can live with it.
2: I can Um, live with it.
1: (laughs) I uh, I like this episode because Cisco's kind of ready to get back out there again, you know, and there's, uh, to me, there's just something so endearing about a scenery chewing Richard Kiley and his performance as Sayatech is just totally over the top and, and uh, egomaniacal and, and all of those things. How there's no captain of this starship, I really don't know. But I don't <laughs> care because I, I kind of think this episode's a little fun for me. So for me, believe it or not, Second Sight is a see it, Fark.
0: Skip it. Ah, I'm, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dissenting ah. with you guys from this one just because the character of Finna herself annoyed the living crap out of me. Um, but but again, but again, like you guys were saying, the doctor, he was a great doctor. And, um, and like he said, you know, egomaniacal, you know, is very full of himself, and he played that to a T. But uh, this, the overall story just added zero to, like, Deep Space Nine for me, like, at all. So mm-hmm. a 100%. Okay, a 96% skip it for me.
1: Wow. Interesting. Well, it was a 59% see it for Camp Kittimer. So um, oh, I'm actually baby. surprised this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really surprised this episode rates as high as it does um, because this is one that people I think either really really like or just can't stand so uh, uh, yeah, 59% Chew on that, Fark
0: uh, I'll chew on it and spit it out right back in their Camp kidmer faces uh, <laughs> 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 Just kidding, I love all of you guys um, Episode 10 Sanctuary the Skria displaced by, uh, displaced by, no, how about this? The Skria displaced humanoid farmers from the Gamma Quadrant claim Bajor as Quintana, their legendary homeland. Bill, let's start with you.
1: You know, this one kind of reminds me a little too much of TNG's Up the Long Ladder. That's the one with the Irish people. Um, yes. But in a way, this, this one has an entirely different outcome. I I get what they're trying to do here. I just don't think they execute it very well at all. So for me, this one's a skip it. I could live without this episode, Dan.
2: Up the long ladder. Is that the one with the most awesome halter top in history? Yeah.
1: Where Riker doesn't know how to watch
2: feet. Okay. Yeah. yeah, So it is. And so I got to tell you, um, I'm giving. I went nine episodes. I thought I was going to go a lot more before I skip it. I gave this one a skip it as well. A because there's no halter top like the one in Up the Long Ladder, but B for me, this is just a boring episode. I there was nothing to grab onto for this episode, and if I'm going to recommend episodes to people as to why they should watch Deep Space Nine, this is certainly not going to be uh, one that I uh, pull out of a hat and say, "Yeah, you got to watch this." So it's my first skip it of the season. Barked.
0: And I'm going against both of you guys on this one. I gave it a see it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, re- regardless of how kind of close it was to, to, to the TNG episode, I mean, I definitely gave it a see it because, I mean, dealt with, you know, um, uh, immigrants and that's kind of a big thing right now. And of course, you know, if someone's watching Deep Space Nine for the first time, be like, you're going to recognize a a little too familiar of a theme in this right now. So go ahead and definitely give give, give it a watch. So uh, with the exception of uh, the two weird goofball sons that came on board. uh, Yeah, I I, I gave it a see it, guys.
1: Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. um, You know, Fark, perhaps that's the lens that Camp Kittimer was looking at this episode through because 59% of respondents... Said they would in fact see this episode. Interesting fact: one of those two uh, idiot sons is actually Walter Koenig's son, um, <gasps> who also played Boner on Growing Pains. The, the late oh, uh, Andrew Koenig. So, Steven uh, Stambuk. Yeah, a little Tos tie-in there.
2: Nice. You are a trivia connoisseur, my friend.
1: Eh, I do what I can.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> Try
0: to do better. Let's move on Let's, yeah, please do. And now, I'm sorry, okay. of, And now, episode <laughs> eleven, which is basically you two on this one, rivals. Quark uh, feels, <laughs> feels threatened when a charming swindler, Martis Mazur, opens a competing bar. Dan, let's go to you on this one.
2: Well, uh, I'm going to be two for my last two on this one. I gave this one a skip it. Uh, Because Mm. if you remember at the beginning of the show, I said every season, there is a particular episode that I have no recollection of whatsoever. And this (laughs) is that episode for season two. So I can't recommend something that I have no recollection of. So I'm giving that. So skip it. William.
1: Thank you, Daniel. Um, Yeah, here it is. It's my second one of the season. And I'm going to regale you all with a meh. (laughs)
2: Um, <laughs> this one is an
1: absolute skip it for me. Um, I, you know, the guy from Princess Bride is is great. Um, I, but I just I, <laughs> 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 Princess Buttercup, second um, Princess bride, bride reference to, of night. I know it's fantastic. I uh I just I I can't get into this episode at all. So for me, it's a skip it. Fark.
0: I gave it a see it. I'm I'm, I'm, oh I'm dissenting from the two of you again. Are you, Why are am you I drinking? drunk I, I, well, Simpson? <laughs> I, matter of fact, today in Indiana, it's the first time since Prohibition that you can buy alcohol on Sundays. So yes, I had a drink. Oh, that's right.
2: Yes. That's right.
0: Oh, All that, that. Congratulations. Is a we're, we're catching up. We're catching up with the rest of the country now. But yeah, I gave, I gave it a see. just because um, I liked the whole. Aspect of uh, of Cork having some competition for once and seeing him getting super frustrated with you know his profits and everything and you know I'm not with you guys I usually enjoy the Ferengi episodes and I'm, you know, a lot of people probably aren't with me on that but I enjoy them so yeah I I gave it a seat
1: I'm a gambler um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you are a gambler Camp Kimer rolled the dice and came up with this one as a forty one percent. See it, which I ooh, think is a uh, is interesting. Yeah, yes. only forty-one. Mm-hmm. That's uh that's not doing too well. So, as you as mm-hmm. you, do it.
0: It. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> right, I'll figure out. I'll figure out a way to. That work was it. good, Dan. <laughs> that was good. That was. all right. Uh, let's move on to twelve. Episode twelve: The Alternate. A scientist, Dr. Maura Pol of the Bajoran Science Institute, finds a life form in the Gamma Quadrant that may be related to Odo. Bill, to you.
1: Hmm. The alternate. <laughs> well, hmm. I'm going to say that this is by far one of the best episodes of this season. It's a well-known fact on Trek Geeks that I am a huge James Sloyan fan, and I love everything this guy is in even when he plays older Alexander in TNG season seven. This episode though, is one of my favorite performances by James Sloyan. Um, And I love the relationship that we get thrust into between Dr. Mora and Odo and what it means for them down the road. So this one absolute see it.
2: Yeah, (laughs) we have very similar tastes when it comes to Mr. Sloyan. I gave this one a seat as well. It's a fantastic episode. And basically, my notes say James Sloyan, and that's pretty much it. You know, nothing else has to be said about this episode other than the fact that he's in it, he's brilliant. Um, I've always found it very interesting in this episode, however, that Cisco refers to his dad in the past tense. So it's one of those things where I like how they change things around later so that they could bring his dad into it. But this is the first time that we actually heard him talk about his dad and I liked how it was in the past tense, but James Sloyan is fantastic. That conflict between Odo and uh, Dr. Moore Paul is fantastic and we get to see it again later. I, I just think it's brilliant. Very, very big. See it for me.
0: I only have I only have one thing to say about this episode. Uh, it is to see it, but uh, mainly, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna sum it up like this: and the cat's in the cradle, and the silver spoon, <laughs> and the man in the moon. And I'm not
2: gonna I'm not gonna sing
0: I'm I'm not gonna sing anymore because I don't need uh, a, 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 assist, a cease and assist from 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 Cat Stevens. So, um, and um, we have. We've seen that happen on this show before. Somewhere I don't remember.
1: <laughs> but yes, you're, you're the drummer di- for Five Year Mission, right?
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And okay, I'm, just, going, just I'm, going, I, I'm, I'm
1: going.
0: Just checking. I'm going to keep it that way. With the exception <laughs> of the, I, me too. With, with the exception me of too. like you know the the EPs where I, they they let me write one song. So. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Right. Right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, th- th- that's, uh, the alternate is definitely a see it. Just because you know.
1: Camp Kittimer, oh, anyway. Camp Kittimer agrees with, with us um, to the tune of 73% say this is a see it. So, um, Only a lot of love for the alternate. Yeah, that kind of surprised me. Um, there are no verbatims on this particular episode. Um, usually there are comments, but uh, this one is just down the middle see it or skip it. And uh, essentially, three out of four would see it. So, there you have oh. it.
0: Very strange. That is strange. Well, on, on that note, let's move on to episode 13 because obviously not enough people like 12. Uh, episode 13 Armageddon Game. Uh, O'Brien and Bashir help two warring races, the Kellerans and the Talani, erase all knowledge of a deadly biological weapon but are not trusted to keep what they've learned a secret. All right, Secret Squirrel Dan,
2: let's, let's hear what you had to say. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to give this one a skip it. I am going to build because we have, we, we can see our notes from time to time on, on, on these shows. And I am going to steal a little bit of your thunder in regards to my thoughts on this. And that has to do with this episode does a great job of cementing the friendship with O'Brien and Bashir for what we will see for the rest of the uh, Deep Space Nine series. For me, though, the, it wasn't enough for me to give this episode a see it because honestly, the rest of the episode was a tremendous waste of time. And I just can't stand Keiko. I, I I'm going to go right out there now. I'm sure I'm going to anger a lot of people by saying it. I think that her character is annoying and I just, I, whenever she's in scenes, there's only one episode of that. She's in that I love. And we'll get to that in a future season of the see it or skip it. But yeah, I, I got to give this one a skip it. Sorry. Miles.
1: (laughs) That was a little too good, Fark. A little too good. (laughs) Uh, Actually, I think this one's a see it. And like you said, Dan, I think it's primarily for the Bashir O'Brien relationship. It does position them for the future. But I think this one's especially important in context because it's incredibly uneasy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bashir even pulls rank on him at one point. And, and after, th- at the end of this episode, you don't necessarily think they're going to remain friends necessarily. Um, yeah, the episode is a little bit clunky. I kind of like the fact that, you know, after the harvesters are, are destroyed that, well, somebody decides, well, we can't destroy all those. Let's get rid of the people who are destroying them. Um, yeah. so, but I, I kind of dig this episode in that sense. It's, it's something different for Star Trek. So I said it was to see it.
2: Park. let me just. D- let yeah. me jump in, Fark, before you before you um, before you say anything, because Bill, I wanted to bring up something that you just said, which I agree with. It is an uneasy relationship in this episode, and I don't want to jump ahead because I don't want to give away spoilers. But take a look at this episode, and then take a look at Hippocratic Oath, where basically the same thing happens. It is done so much better in Hippocratic Oath, I think, than in this episode. When I'm comparing the two, which is why, one of the reasons why I decided to give this one a skip. It. That's just my my opinion on it.
1: That's okay. You could be wrong. It's fine. <laughs> okay, right. fire. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let you finish.
0: But Hippocratic oath was so much better. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Kanye. Oh my God! But I I, I went with a seed it on this one mainly because pretty much any episode with the O'Brien and Bashir bromance going on is a 100% see it for me just because I love it so much. But yeah, this is like plants the seed of their friendship, and there was that whole. Uneasy moment when they were down on the planet and Bashir uh, says something along the lines even like, oh, I could never get married. It's like a, it's like a trap." Bashir's like, "What? would you say?" I mean, I mean I'm sorry, O'Brien's like, "What'd you say? Excuse me?" So yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, and then plus you got the whole shady government cover up going on, which you know, again, heh, there might be a little bit of collusion there. So yeah, I get, I, I, I gave this a see.
1: I like where your head's at, and and so does Camp Kittimer. Uh, two thirds of respondents said that they would, in fact, see this episode. So, uh, mm-hmm. two, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> two out of three, Dan. So there, take take, take that, Melora. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh. That's not going to get old ever, ever, <laughs> ever.
0: All right, let's go to episode fourteen: Whispers. while preparing the station for upcoming peace talks, O'Brien discovers that the crew have been hiding information from him and giving orders behind his back. Bill.
1: You know, I'm going to surprise a lot of people on this one. I I like this episode largely, but I I find it mostly boring. I I get that O'Brien must suffer. I really do. But there are better episodes for that and actually better episodes in this season for that. So for me, Whisper is a skip it Dan.
2: Hmm. Well, uh, we shall agree to disagree again um, because I gave this one to see it and I enjoy this episode. And I got to admit that the first time I saw it, the twist at the end of the episode really shocked me, regardless of whether it was right there for everybody to see. It was, it was shocking to me and I liked the way that they did it. Yeah. Brian's O'Brien sh- suffers because that's what O'Brien is supposed to do. But, I feel that he does it in such a better way than we ever saw things that happened to Troy and TNG. So I gave this one a see it. Fark.
0: Well, it's no night terrors, but I'll take it. So I gave it. Uh, I gave it. What, I, what I'm patenting is a, a see it. Just because. <laughs> Just because I really enjoyed the ending, I liked seeing some of the backstory, but what kind of ruined it for me, again, going back to a Keiko moment, was that dinner between Miles and Keiko. I was just going, can this scene be over yet, please? Please? Because this is getting (laughs) really old with this poking around at the stew here. So yeah, I I gave it a bit.
1: Interesting. See it. Well, uh, Camp Kittimer, seventy-three <laughs> percent of respondents would see this episode. So uh, I'm in the minority and, and happy to be that way on this one. I I get it. I just there are other ones I like better. What can I say?
0: The, you can't say anything more than see it.
1: See <laughs> yeah, or just skip it. In my case, so hey, well, yeah. So th- <laughs> so there. Oh, go go have some stew. Uh,
0: episode. <laughs> Episode 15, Paradise. Commander Cisco and Chief O'Brien are stranded on the planet, Aurelius, where their leader, uh, Alexis, rejects technology even when it means the death of others. Uh, Dan, let's hear from you on
2: that one. Well, uh, this was one that I um, had to rewatch to wrap my brain around the episode again. And I end up giving this a see it. Um, and, and I say, see it because I loathe the character of Elixir. So Elixir so much. I, oh yes. my God. I just want to strangle her every time she's on camera. And, and, you know, Oh, I feel like Cisco in that hot box every week when Bill and I sit down and record Trek Geek so I definitely know what he's <laughs> feeling because it's it's torture. Oh, so I God. just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. Wow. Bill, wow, yeah. a,
1: a Jackson's reference on a theater <laughs> skip it. Um, not nice. even
2: yeah. I I didn't mean well, it's not a good song, so how can it be a good reference, right? It's not <laughs> it a good album.
1: Um <laughs> I, uh, I'm gonna give this one a see it. This this kind of reminds me of a script that could have been a third season TOS episode. You could mm. easily put Kirk and I don't know McCoy or Kirk and Scotty in this story, and it still works. Um, Plus, the scene with Cisco going back to the box is worth it alone. Avery Brooks is uh-huh. just lights out in this episode. For me, this is a total see it, Fark.
0: Yeah, absolutely. See it because I I was actually going to bring up the whole Cisco going back into the hot box on his like on his total own volition. Just be like, "Nope, I'm sticking to my guns here. Y'all are b holes. Peace out. (laughs) I'm going back in the box." But peace out. Yeah, I I I love (laughs) peace out. Ah, shut Shut up, Dan. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just, I, I just love that this kind of gave us uh, one of our first big glimpses into how badass of a, of a, of a captain eventually Cisco is going to be. Just because he, he doesn't yes. take anything, he like, totally sticks to his guns, and he is just, you know, F y'all, I'm going in the box. And that, that, that actually it says that on my notes, F y'all, I'm going back in the box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i believe that i believe that um, K- camp kittimer agrees overwhelmingly uh 77 percent say that this episode is absolutely a see it and i'm willing to bet that each and every one of those people who voted for this as a see it thought the same exact thing about cisco because it's 100 percent true man oh
2: yeah i said put the cisco in the box <laughs> little Conair reference there yeah, great. Thanks sorry, for that. I'm sorry, I'm, um, I'm just full. Of, I'm full of them tonight.
0: Actually, actually, I was I was going to go with the whole like elixis and like Cool Hand Luke reference. So what we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> nice, see that? Very that Nice. I like that man over there stole some candles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> life is like a box of chocolates.
0: <laughs> yeah, life is like a life is like like a box of candles. Don't steal one, otherwise you go in the box. That's right. <laughs> All right. Episode 16 Shadowplay. Ooh, I think I, I did that the other night and the wife did not like it. Uh, Odo and oh, Dax hey investigate. Oh,
1: hello.
0: <laughs> Odo and Dax investigate why a village's residents are disappearing. Uh, Bill, let's hear from you on Shadowplay.
1: The Shadowplay. Um. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, this one for me, <laughs> this, this one for me is barely a see it. Um, I could take or leave this episode, honestly, but I really kind of like what this episode does for Odo. Um, I, I think it tells a great story for him and allows him to to loosen up and not be wound so tightly. Um, it allows him to experience a little bit of his own humanity, if you will. So for me, this episode's a see it, Dan.
2: Yeah, I uh, I'm right there with you, bud. I gave it a see it, but again, like you, barely a see it. I almost had to give it a skip it simply because there are just too many plot threads in this episode. You know, you've got the planet, and you've got Jake and Cisco, and you've got Kira and Barile, and then you have Odo and his relationship with a young girl. But I got to say. Odo turning into the top at the end of the episode was just a great touch, and really was one that made me turn it into a see it. But I got to say, the whole sentient holographic village thing, uh, uh, okay, but whatever. Yeah, Bark. <laughs> yeah,
0: again, I'm my second see it of the night. <laughs> I was very undecided with like a with like two of these episodes for this season. So this is one of those see ipits mainly because you know I did not really enjoy all the other subplots but yet again so being able to see odo kind of you know get a little more in depth with his personality seeing a more kind of whimsical kind of nurturing side to odo was awesome to see so i gave it the mm-hmm. this the,
1: the patented see it <laughs> patented. patented patented trademarked and, and such um yes wow. so TM. yeah so as far as playing God goes in in camp Kittimer um sorry not playing God shadow play my bad um I skipped ahead on the on the outline um uh, interestingly enough sixty eight percent of people who voted said they would see this episode um I'm kind of surprised yeah. by that honestly because i I yeah. just it's high yeah it's it's I think it's high for this episode but mm. i I think it's really interesting that that people like it that much so that 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 is kind of cool to me that part
0: that's yeah, pretty interesting that it was that high for, for okay, the almost, K, almost a bottle episode.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, totally. All
0: right, let's go to episode 17, playing God, the aforementioned playing God. Uh, a proto universe threatens to destroy the station and Bajor. Dax is a field docent, who so is a trill uh, candidate initiate named Arjun, whom she helps find his voice. To discover what he really wants from life and from joining, Dan, let's go to you.
2: Well, it's it's hard for me to give a skip it on a DAX episode, but I actually get, did give this one a skip it. Uh, I do like the DAX Cisco parts of the episode. But the whole mini universe aspect and all the techno babble crap that they throw in for this episode just really, really pulled me out of it. And I got to say, I can't put this any plainer than this. I can't stand Arjun in this episode. Drives me crazy for some reason. So I gave this one a skim. Bill? Yes, like Bill. Bill? (laughs) Wow. Um, Not
1: a whole lot of uh, motivation for me to go there. Um, Thanks, Dan. (laughs) Um yeah this one's a skip it for me as well. I mean there are some good performances in this episode, but I just don't dig the story. I mean it's okay and that's about the nicest thing I can say about playing god. So this one for me is actually a big time skip it.
0: Yeah and I was I was I was on the fence about this one, but I wound up just barely giving it a see it. I didn't even give I didn't even go with the see it on this one. I gave it a see it just because you know we get to we get to say a little more insight into the dax character and you know the whole thing about you know having to basically go and you know hang out with you know uh, like a mentor a a tri- a trill a trill mentor a trill tour uh for a little <laughs> bit until you know so so they can make sure you know this is going to be a good candidate so i, I gave it a see it just for that just for just for the backstory aspect.
1: well Perhaps that's what the folks in Camp Kittimer were thinking too, because 59% of the voting campers said they would see this episode. So, um, yeah, that's really yeah. interesting.
2: That's amazing that less people gave this a see it than the previous episode where 60 something did. Yeah. That's,
1: yeah, that's, 68. that's,
2: that's amazing. Yeah.
1: It almost seems, seems backwards.
2: It does. I've got, yeah. some,
1: I've got some ratings coming up in a little bit that will blow your mind. gentlemen. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to play my hand too much, but uh, the back end of this season has some really interesting ratings. Hmm. Okay.
0: Well, I'm going to move on to one that I'm sure I'm, an episode of you guys, I'm sure, is an absolute wanted to present, See it from both of you. Uh, episode 18: Profit and Loss. Uh, Quark is reunited with his former Cardassian lover, Natima Lang, but she's engaged in some dangerous political intrigue with her students. Uh Rekhila and Hogue. Uh Bill, let's see how awesome you think this episode was.
1: This episode <laughs> is so awesome that it's going to get my final meh of the season. That's right. I hit the hat trick with profit and loss. This is Ooh. an episode I would skip. Although Nat Natima is is interesting and I like the dynamic with Quark. Um, uh, ultimately there's just, uh, I don't find the dangerous political intrigue, very dangerous or very intriguing. So, uh, for me, this one is a skip it, Dan.
2: Well, cork, I'm going to, uh, quark. well, fark, <laughs> I'm going to surprise you a little bit. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'm going su- okay, to, I'm going to surprise you here, man, because I am giving this a see it. I, uh, oh. I think that we're finally starting to see some Ferengi stories that work. And maybe this one does because it's a Ferengi slash Cardassian story. But uh, Uh, I I liked it. I like Natima Lang and I like the whole we get to see um, whether positive or negative, the whole how females are treated in the Cardassian Empire. Um, And that's something that we haven't really seen very much uh, in Deep Space Nine or any Star Trek for that matter. So uh, I didn't love the story, but I didn't dislike it. So I gave it a see it.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely give it a see it too. Um again, I, I'm a big fan, especially in like early seasons of, of the of these series, backstory. And this is mm-hmm. one where we got to see like a like a totally different side of Quark. You know, normally he's all about profits and everything and the rules about acquisition, you know, that's all he cares about. But then you see him like almost just vulnerable and just like one hundred percent like no, I will give up this bar. Ron can have this bar. My stupid brother can take over this bar over my dead body, or I can be with you. And so I thought, I, I thought that was a great aspect of this episode, and I gave it an absolute see-it-on-this one. Nice.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, that's not going to come as a huge surprise. Um, although the, the thing that gets me on this one is that uh, Cam Kidder was almost split down the middle on Profit. And loss. Fifty-five uh, percent of people said they would see it, and forty-five said skip it. So um, mm. almost right down the middle on this one.
0: Very interesting. Well, I, I think I think, I think the, the the Ferengi are a very hit and miss alien race yes. yep. series. So I think I know there's a lot of people that hold kind of grudges towards Ferengi episodes in general. So
1: what? What? <laughs> My about Klingon
2: episodes.
0: <laughs> Miles. Right. Speaking of Klingon episodes uh, Let's go to episode 19 Blood Oath oh. uh, Jadzia Dex honors an oath made by Kurzon Dex to three Klingons Kor, Koloth, and King, And goes with them on a crusade Against their sworn enemy The Albino Dan, let's go to you
2: well, this is, this is hands down a see it for me. I love this episode. Every time I see it, I just, I just have a smile on my face. It was so awesome to see these three original actors reprise their TOS roles. And, and, you know, I was not happy. I will say that two of the three died in this one episode, but it was a good story and it sets up many more visits from core. And this particular episode probably was his strongest of all of them on DS9. And I'm not even going to include TOS because that Uh, that, um, appearance was just off the charts, but I love this episode. I love how this year, uh, actually, no, I can't say anything because I don't want to give any spoilers for discovery because we don't do that here on Trek geek. So I will now go to bill.
1: Well, thank you, Dan. Um, this one for me is also a huge, see it. I mean, it's just nice to see Kang Koloth and core one more time. And regardless of how they look and how it's not explained, I don't care. It's a great story. It's it's got great action. It's got it's got great heart. Um, and I love the way that they work Dax into this episode too. So for me, this episode absolutely a see it. Fark.
0: I one hundred percent see it. Absolutely. Uh when I was like uh, when I was a guest over on Trick Ranks for the top five Klingon episodes of the entirety of Star Trek, this was in my top five. So yeah, nice. nice. one hundred percent, one hundred absolute percent see it. And, oh, and well,
1: Dan,
0: I, with- I, know, I know where you're going with all
1: the possible spoilers with Discovery. <laughs> so, yeah. Just, yeah. J- just, yeah. just so you know. Just so you know. Appreciate uh, that. We come close to 100% with Camp Kittimer. 91% of the wow. people who voted in the poll at Camp Kittimer said they would see Blood Oath. It And believe it or not, it is not the highest rated episode of the season in Camp Kittimer. That is still to come.
0: Whoa. Huh. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, then let's get to it. <laughs> wow, okay. Episode twenty: The Maquis, Part One. Federation colonists reject a treaty with Cardassia and take matters into their own hands, forming a terrorist group called the Maquis. Bill Let's do it.
1: Let's do it, indeed. Um, I, I love this episode. To see it, it's great to see Bernie Casey in Star Trek. Um, it's one of the last people I ever expected to see in a Starfleet uniform, but it, it brings a smile to my face. Um, I think this is a great story and forget the fact that it seems like this just serves to set up Chakotay and Voyager to some extent. Um, I, I think that this Farcuchi one Moya. presents Cisco with, yeah, Farquh Moya. I think this one sets up <laughs> a great conflict for Cisco. Um, he's really got a lot to think about, you know, Hudson gives him, um, more than than just a a, a horrible reason like Roe uses to to join the monkey, so uh, this one for me, definite see it, Dan.
2: Yeah, this is a C for me. This is a must-see for anybody who wants to learn about what the Maquis are all about. Um, It gives a great look into what, quote-unquote, rebels are all about. And for me, like I talked about earlier when O'Brien, the way that uh, the O'Brien episode ended with that twist, it was really shocking for me to see Hudson as the leader of the group in that jungle at the end of part one. Uh, you know, his betrayal is not as overpowering as Eddington's, which we'll get into some other time, mm-hmm. uh, but it was still strong with the Cisco. So uh, I definitely gave this a see it.
0: Yeah, 100% see it on this one, too. Cause I mean, it sets up the Maquis super duper well. And, of course, the, the twist ending to part one. And then also we get to see Bill and Ted's history teacher as the leader of a rebel group. So 100% see <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um it might surprise you gents to know that this is the second episode in a row for Camp Kittimer that is at 91% see it. The Maquis oh. part one, like Blood Oath before it, ninety-one percent. Um, so lots of love for this back half of the season in Camp kittimer I gotta say.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of the Maquis, let's go to the Maquis part two, episode 21. Namaki plan to destroy a weapons depot at the Cardassia Barina Colony. Dan, let's hear from you on part two.
2: Well, part two's gotta go with part one, so I'm gonna give this one a see it as well. Um, I'm gonna, I don't wanna give spoilers again, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna word this in a way that hopefully won't give anything away for future seasons of Deep Space Nine here. Allowing Hudson to escape for Cisco perhaps was one of the first of several things that we see him do. That really surprises me over the course of the series. Um, I'm going to bring up Eddington again because I did for part one. And I just got to ask, if Eddington was as close a friend as Hudson was, would Cisco have ever let him go? Uh, We'll get into that when we get into that particular uh, episode in a future seat or skip it. But I want people to think about that until then. And I got to say, I just love Gul in this episode. I love him in every episode. But this one, he is the snake political oh back and forth. Oh, I just he's so, so slimy yeah. in this. And I just love that about him. So I gave this a definite see it.
1: I uh, I have to agree. I um in fact everything you said is is actually everything I was thinking. Um I really think that it's important that Benjamin lets Hudson escape. Um because like you said with the Eddington thing down the road, I don't think there's a way he can let Eddington escape. And we'll get to that in that season, but um, it tells us a lot about Cisco and the, the relationships that he values. I and mean, We know some of that coming into this episode, but you know he 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 puts his friendship before necessarily the the Starfleet Delta on his uniform. So for me, this episode's an absolute see it.
0: Yeah, it's it's also a definite see it for me. Um, of course, you know it wraps up you know the Maquis arc in this first season and everything, and of course you know a little more insight into Cisco and you know. His values, basically. So it's and that's that is another reason why Deep Space Nine is one of my favorite series, just because Cisco is such a complicated captain. He's not a one-note captain. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not he's not as, he's not super predictable all the time, and he he always surprises you. So a definite a definite see it for Maki Part Two.
1: So speaking of definite see it, I mentioned <laughs> two gents mere moments ago that the previous two episodes were at ninety-one percent with Camp Kittimer. We're going to have a second hat trick. And this time the Maquis part two is also a 91% see it. That's three episodes in a row where campers have, uh, have, have loved these episodes. So this is pretty fantastic.
0: It is interesting. They're they're all 91% too.
1: Yeah. Um, which is great. I mean, they're they're three solid episodes in a row. So, uh, it's great to see that love. I, I always thought that most people didn't like the the Maquis two parter. I guess I was wrong.
0: Well, no, it's. I think I think you're thinking of the Maquis, uh Voyager style. So that's when I stopped liking <laughs> Maquis. I'm gonna get so much hate mail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you and us both.
0: <laughs> oh, be- be- so, be- so before I get more hate mail, let's move on to episode 22, The Wire. Um, I loved the series on HBO. So, uh, <laughs> oh no, wait a second. Uh, The Wire is the name of the episode. In order to save Garrick's life, Bashir must unravel some of the secrets in the Cardassian's past. Bill, let's go to you.
1: I have to say that I was more of a fan of The Shield than The Wire, but that's a different podcast for another time. No way. Vic Mackey's the man. Um, This episode for me is a see it. I think that um, Andrew Robinson is just amazing in this episode. Um, You know, we know it's one of his personal favorites. Um, and I think it tells a great story, not only about Garrick, but also about Garrick's relationship with Tane. Um, and I think that Bashir is it, it plays the perfect balance in this episode. So I think there's a lot to lo- love in The Wire. Um, it's one that I, I will watch and then usually rewatch again after I've watched it. That's how much I enjoy this episode. Dan?
2: Yeah. Uh, for me, I think this is Probably the best episode of season two. It is a 100% see it for me. It's an amazing Garrick Bashir story. And like Bill said, our friend Andrew J. Robinson is just nothing short of amazing in this episode. I wish that we had more episodes with Garrick, but I'll tell you the episodes that he's in, he steals the show. He's just fantastic. Love the guy. So it is, I, I'm, I am quite certain fark that you gave it a see it as well, or at least you better have buddy.
0: Oh, yeah, this was, this was one of my, my favorite episodes of season two by far. Uh, not just because, you know, we get to see uh, who Bashir is as a person and how he is so committed as to, to being a doctor, to his patients, but, uh, again, this is a very Star Trek episode. I mean, it deals with modern-day problems. Uh, like, uh, I mean, yeah, it was, it was an implant in his brain, but this has to deal with a, a lot with addiction. And obviously, you know, Garrick to right. deal with day to day life on there, you know, he basically turned to drugs and it was, a, uh, it was being produced in his brain and then he basically had to kick, kick the junk. So I absolutely 100% <laughs> loved this episode and would, would recommend this for, to anybody that would, that would say, why do you love Deep Space Nine so much? This is one of those episodes. Right.
1: Oh, yeah. That's my turn. Sorry. Um, Hey, I was I was reading for I was reading verbatims for the next episode. I think it's fascinating. But uh, the wire also quite popular in Camp Ketimer. It's not a 91 percenter, but it's pretty darn high. It's 86 percent would see Mm -hmm. the wire. Yeah, that's a lot of love. Yeah, I'm loving this. This is I love the trend we're seeing here, although I wonder if uh, it makes me wonder where it goes next.
0: Uh well this might might be a good segue then because episode twenty three is crossover here and Bashir accidentally crosses into the mirror universe where a Klingon Cardassian alliance rules Dan mirror universe go
2: do you have to ask <laughs> I know I know uh yeah <clears throat> yeah everybody knows I love the mirror universe this is definitely a see it this is actually the first time that we have seen the mirror universe since Mirror Mirror. Um, and I think that they reintroduced the Terrans and the Mirror Universe brilliantly in this episode. Um, there are other episodes later on in Deep Space Nine with the Mirror Universe that, although I love the Mirror Universe, aren't my favorite, especially the way that they handled the Intendant Kira character. But for mm. this time, with the first time back in the Mirror Universe, it is just awesome. I loved it. See it. Bill.
1: This one for me is also a see it. And I think it was because I was surprised initially, um, you know, 25 years ago or 24 years ago when we got a mirror universe episode, because mirror mirror is just so revered. Um, I, I do like some of the things that they introduced here. I think Nana visitor just totally slays everything in this episode, both as Kira and as the intendant. Uh, I, I, I like the juxtapositions of the characters. Um, although, you know, in the timeline, we don't know it yet, but it's the first of a long line of Mirror Universe episodes, Definite, see it for me.
0: Oh, I absolutely agree with both of you. I mean, I, I obviously am a huge Mirror Universe fan, if you guys don't know about the giant Terran Empire tattoo on my forearm. So, yeah,
1: yeah love okay. the Mirror
0: Universe. Yep. And um, basically, this episode was just absolutely fantastic, how they handled it. And then uh, having uh, what was great about it is the two Kiras meeting up almost first thing. And I thought yeah, that yeah. that was bri- brilliantly done. And plus mm-hmm. intended Kira, it's not a bad thing to look at in that outfit either. so
1: <laughs> <laughs> True that. The, the interesting thing from the camp Kedimer perspective, of people sorry no 70 yeah 75% of people said they would see this episode but there were two verbatims that I thought were very interesting because they're very opposed to one another on the Hmm. see it side there is definitely see this this is the first mirror episode of Deep Space Nine and then on the skip it end because there are some skip it. the verbatim is this the episode that ruined the mirror universe by removing the moral inversion it's okay to help the Terrans now that they're being oppressed a waste of a great concept skip it I'm fascinated by that reply. Wow. Who that was does it make you think, man? doesn't it? And can of fight them. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, okay. We'll set that up. <laughs> uh, we'll, okay. We'll put that on, uh, on YouTube geek fights.
0: Yeah. Well, I like it. I like it already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I didn't think about it from that perspective and now I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. Although I still think this episode is going to be a, see it for me ultimately.
2: One oh, of the, uh, one of the cool things about this, and it's really sad that it happened, is, is is Mirror Odo dies in this episode, you know, so we don't get to see him in future ones. But to see him explode yeah. the way he did was just awesome. Yes,
0: it <laughs> was. I, I, I was 100% not expecting that. Just putting everywhere.
1: <laughs> <Pudding>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's just wrong. <sighs>
0: Oh, speaking of wrong, uh, let's go to episode 24, The Collaborator. A Bajoran secretary named Kubus who aided the Cardassian occupation forces wants to return home from exile. Vedic Wynn engages in a power play to become Kai against Vedic Barail. Uh, Bill, let's, let's go ahead and start with you.
1: I'm going to say this one is a see-it, but really the only reason I think it's a see-it is because this is the one that makes win the Kai. And, and that's huge for the rest of the series. The story is a little complex and at times it becomes a little tough to follow, but it, the whole win payoff at the end with, and Kira's reaction is I think worth it, you know, just for that alone. So for me, this one's a see it.
2: Yeah, this is a see it for me. And, and I got to say, Gul Dukat is my favorite villain, I think in Star Trek history, but I don't know if there's anybody that people hate more than Kai Wynn in this series. And I got to tell you, Louise Fletcher is just amazing in this role. She's an Oscar winner. And I think the fact that they were able to land her to be this character for several seasons of Deep Space Nine shows how legitimate the series is going to be as we're only in season two right now. It's just brilliant. She is such a slimy politician and pretends to be always having Bajor on her mind, but she has it's all about her. And Louise just does it so great. So it is a see it for me. She's she's so damn awfully good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely giving it a see it as well. Um, again, Kai Win. Oh my god. Like everyone's like, do I hate? the character or do i actually hate the person playing the character because yeah. she she yeah. she because she plays a smarmy beehole hole so well that you're like like i like i like i like, like when when i saw her in vegas I, like two three years ago i can't remember what it was like i i didn't know whether to go up and shake her hand or punch her in the face <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was that bee- so what'd you smarmy. do she played it so well I'm I shook her hand and said, I loved you as Kai Wynn, but I also hated you as Kai Nguyen. And she goes, that's what <laughs> I was going for. Nice. So, yeah, an ab- i an absolute see it, but also, are all the Venics that passive-aggressive towards each other? Because, wow.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> I, that's one of the things that always struck me about them. Except for, well, Kai seems to, to, to be a little more... Um, uh, well, as you say, hashtag Smarmy B Hole, um, <laughs> th- then, then the rest of them. I think yeah, we've got a new hashtag for this week, thanks to Fark. Uh, but yeah, um, Camp Kittimer um, came down to this one as a seventy-three percent see it. Um, only twenty, yeah, only twenty-seven yeah, percent of the respondents said they would skip this episode, and I'm guessing it's because of the the long, complex story. When really, it's and the, the last ten minutes that are, yeah, where the, the last ten minutes is where the payoff is. Honestly, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely could have done with all the weird orb hallucinations from from Mariel on this one. Yeah, same here. Uh, Alright, well, I'm going to go into my own orb trance and uh, move on to episode 25, Tribunal. Uh, O'Brien is declared guilty of an unspecified crime and later tried in a tribunal held on
2: Cardassius Prime. Uh, Will, we'll start with Dan. Well, this is, this is a great one. This is a see it for me. You know, I guess I can, I can word it this way. If, if Cisco is the emissary, then O'Brien is certainly the sufferer because he suffers. We've seen him suffer and we're going to see him suffer some more. And my teeth hurt every time I watch this episode. So O'Brien, I'm going to give you a see it. Uh, Brilliantly performed by Cole Meany and, and I love this episode. Bill.
1: You know, I said earlier in the in the episode that there are better ways that O'Brien suffers. This this is how (laughs) O'Brien suffers. This episode is an absolute see it. You get to see the the Cardassian you know jury or sorry uh, judicial system. You get to see Odo play a pivotal role because he still is standing in the Cardassian Empire, which is fascinating. You get to see the underpinnings of of that Cardassian society and how they attach a horrible lawyer to O'Brien because it's presumed that he's, he's just going to be guilty. And, um, and more importantly, you get more Keiko, which I know was something Dan loves entirely. So a definite, definite see it for me. Uh, Mr. Miles, <laughs> Miles. you almost sound Don't like one die. of those rank bass characters <laughs> from Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer. <laughs> I could see,
0: I could see a whole like claymation Keiko happening eventually. Um, oh. Yeah, I gave this oh, an, an absolute. It, she, 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 possibly could be. Just I mean, we 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 haven't seen I've seen a high def version of Deep Deep Space Nine yet, so we don't know yet. <laughs> um, I definitely gave this a see it just because uh, Cole Meany is. Absolutely fantastic in this episode. I mean, just when he starts just shouting his name, rank, and everything, and just like that was his answer for everything. It was like this is an absolute military man, and he is sticking to his guns, uh, stubborn as all hell, and he is going to somehow beat this. And but, and of course we get Odo as his de facto lawyer eventually. The Nestor, I believe, was his title in this. But yeah, I thought it was a great, great episode. What did Camp Kittimer think?
1: Camp Kittimer, you might be surprised to find out, thought this was a 68% see it. Wow. Um, What? Yeah, low from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow.
1: I'm I'm really kind of stunned by that. There are no verbatims on this episode. Um, It's literally just down the line, see it or skip it. And, uh, And most people... Said they would see it, but it's really only like a like a just over a two thirds margin.
0: Yeah, I want to hear why some people have skipped this.
1: I I want I want I want explanations. (laughs) You demand answers. You demand the truth.
0: Uh, Oh, and I can handle the truth. Trust me.
1: Oh, Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get
0: down to brass tacks here, gentlemen. Final episode of the season, episode 26. The Jem'Hadar. Cisco, Jake, Nog, and Cork go on a camping trip on a Gamma, Gamma Quadrant world but are captured by mysterious soldiers called the Jem'Hadar and meet a new enemy called the Dominion. Uh, let's go to Bill for this final episode.
1: You know, I think that this is a fantastic way to end the season for Deep Space Nine. It's not truly a cliffhanger, but it leaves things so uncertain at the end that you have no idea what's going to come next. Plus you get the introduction of the gem Hadar. That makes this must see deep space nine. I remember watching this live when it happened and I was stunned at the destruction of a galaxy class starship. Like literally I had goosebumps. Yeah. I had chills. I'm like, that's how fierce the gem Hadar are and they mean business. So this is an absolute unquestionable. See it Dan.
2: Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little speechless right now thinking about that particular scene. This is obviously a see it for me. Um, this is the real beginning of the Dominion arc. It's one of my favorite episodes uh, in Deep Space Nine history. And and I got to tell you, Bill, the first time that I saw this and that suicide run on the galaxy class starship happened, I no. I literally could not believe what I was seeing. I'm like, did that just happen? what is is this like some kind of like holographic simulation? It just blew my mind, and I'm like, Wow, these rhinoceros looking dudes are going to be a problem. Um, <laughs> I loved the introduction of of the vorda, even though she was different than what we'll see later on, but I just thought it was great. You you got to see the relationship between Cisco and Jake a little bit more. Plus, you got to see how big a pain in the ass Core could really be, and he always complains. But it worked in the story brilliantly. This is one of the best. Definite see it. Fark?
0: Yeah, I definitely did not
2: need any ointment for this episode because uh, this is a
0: definite <laughs> see it for me. Because uh, I mean, of course, you know the introduction of the Jem'Hadar—one of the most badass groups of soldiers you will ever come across yeah. outside of like, like, outside of the Borg, basically. And it was it was fantastic. You get a, you get a bunch more backstory between the old Jake and Sisko relationship, and you know, get to got to hear Jake talk about mom, but in kind of a happy way. And so I, th- I thought this was a great ending to the season. And I, I, it was it was it's a great cliffhanger.
1: Well, speaking of a great end to the season, I can tell you that for the first time in Deep Space Nine, we have hit a one hundred percent see wow. it from Camp no. Kitterman, the Gem Hadar. Every respondent said they would see this episode. So,
2: oh my god, um, that I makes can, me so happy. <laughs> oh, a consensus all
1: around, not only here on the dais, but also with our friends. In Camp Kiddermer, so that's a fantastic end of the season. Um, let's uh, let's run through some numbers, Dan. I, I assume you have your percentage handy.
2: I do. Um, out of the twenty six episodes, I came in with twenty two as see it for an eighty four point six two percent see it rating for season two.
1: Bill, I think that could could be one of your highest ratings yet. Um, I think so. Fark actually outdid you. Fark, you had twenty four out of twenty six as see it, hey. um, and that's for a grand total of ninety two point three one percent. I think that's the highest rating we've ever had for a a season of Star Trek. Now I wow. will
2: say, I will say, guys, I'll jump in real quick. I gave your see it's see it's <laughs> in the rankings, uh, Fark. If that's I gave them skip it's. If I gave them skippets, you would have dropped down to, oh, let's see what we have here, a an 88.46%. Uh, no, actually, it's a little bit lower than that. It is an 84.62. You would have been tied with me. So uh, it's still pretty high, but we'll give you the higher one, the 90 plus. That's pretty good.
1: I beat you, And I come in. <laughs> <laughs> you beat both of us because I come in at a very anemic 20 out of 26 by comparison for 7692 percent so i i'm sorry to have let all of fandom down um although i'm not sorry i let dan down because he look at his face he's got it coming
2: you're not I a fan at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yeah, know don't look at it you'll go blind your, uh, your face uh, <laughs> is a fan. <fountain>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go wow, the first year face of the episode isn't even for one of us that's awesome uh, Fark, <laughs> thank you so much for uh for joining us for the theater skip it it was so much fun to have you here um you said that uh, year four is coming soon. Tell us where we can find Yield Five-Year Mission online.
0: There, Of course, there's a fiveyearmission.net, not that .com, but .net. Uh, then you can also follow us on Twitter at five, the number five, year mission. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook at uh, Facebook slash five, the number five, year mission. Uh, and, uh, I believe the same exact thing over on Instagram as well, even though we're not on there as often.
1: Fantastical. And of course we uh. can't thank you guys enough. You're a big part of our show every single week and we're incredibly grateful to all of you. And by all of you, we mean you, um, because <laughs> yes. you actually, you actually listen to podcasts. Um, but uh, it's an integral part of our show. We want everyone to head on out to fiveyearmission.net. Go get all those albums, yo. Get ready for year four because it's dropping soon yep. and you're going to love it. We guarantee it. Isn't that right, Daniel?
2: It is absolutely right. I can't wait till April 27th. And, uh, you know, like Bill just said, Fark, we can't thank you enough for coming on. You've been on before. We always have such a great time. And and I, I got to say, honestly, it's it's almost like being with royalty here having you join us on this episode or, or possibly even like standing alongside a a deity or a godlike figure, because you mean that much to us. Now, where do you, where does this, where do you come from? Where does this drummer come from? People probably ask because he is so omnipotent, you know, several races call where you come from a, uh, a different name. Humans may call it heaven or maybe Eden. You know, the Klingons call it tweet uh, the Romulans actually call it vortivore but I know for a fact that the throngs oh, no. of fans of Five-Year Mission have a very different name for it, my friend, and it is what? Farkari, and I thank you for being part of our lives.
0: Oh, you get in the uh, hell my life right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and mine <laughs> I got to do one live with you, man I, I can't help it I'm I am know, you,
0: you, you couldn't pass that one up I mean, obviously I, couldn't. I mean, you got to get my initial reaction For one of them And wow, you really You really hit it behind home plate
2: On that one
1: <laughs> he, um, Well, look at the bright side He could have called you Farklar
2: No, oh,
1: did, didn't he already do that one, though?
2: I did, I did uh, uh, see i've lost okay. count yeah yeah sorry oh, well well
1: uh, well Fark is is licking his wounds uh dan um we're gonna put our celebration of the 25th anniversary of deep space nine on hold for next week but for a damn good reason
2: for a very damn good reason yes sir bill uh we actually talked about this reason in this here episode of see it or skip it we talked about james Sloyan. well He's awesome in every Star Trek appearance he's done, and none may be better than when he was, get this, Fark, when he was on Voyager as the creator of a doomsday (laughs) weapon that killed Neelix's family during the Talaxian War with the Hakonians. So next week, we're going to deep dive into Jitrell on an all-new episode of Trek Geeks, your independent Star Trek podcast. Wow. Wow. Fark's
1: favorite Star Trek series. Next week. Couldn't they have just killed Trek off
0: Neelix's Trek. entire family and just so then there would be no Neelix? Just cut, <laughs> down, to, cut down the family tree and burn the roots, dynamite it, something. Just so we don't have to get. You want some soup? Let me
1: touch you, tiny, <laughs> tiny lady. Leola root soup, right? I'm on top of that. Uh, and of course, of course, Fark has no strong feelings on the matter whatsoever. Of course, for more great Star Trek discussion. We want everyone to check out the Tricorder Transmissions online at the tricordertransmissionscom Dan, they have another new podcast coming out. Did you know this?
2: Say what?
1: Yeah. a Tricorder, they're just cranking out content like you wouldn't believe. And, of course, we love all of those folks over there. We want you to check them out. There's going to be some great Star Trek discussion. No matter which Trek is your favorite, they've got it covered, I guarantee you. And, of course, for all the news on all the Star Treks yo please visit our wonderful friends at Treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 131 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper.
2: go 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 nah coca,
1: go
0: Coco coconut. There you go. See now the voice voice. And I hate <laughs> his face. <laughs>
1: I'm going to have to try to sync up both of those with the end theme. I hate you both.
2: (laughs) I did that on purpose because I knew that's what you were going to (laughs) say. (laughs)
1: Bing bong! <laughs> uh, hi, 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 hey, Fark! Hi! We figured we would at least make you part of the outtake this week too.
0: Well, I, I wasn't quite sure. I heard the bing bong, and normally it's just you two Yahoos blathering back and forth. So I was waiting.
2: We figured we'd bring in the third Yahoo, and it would be like a tray de Yahoo.
1: Hey, Yahoo, serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent reference! Very <laughs> nice reference. That's a that's a great, great reference. I love it. Um, wow. Yeah. So, um, I uh, I am very excited to do DS Nine season two. You have no idea, in Fark, it's. Uh, I'm excited to have you back. Even though the last time you were on, you were on the Outtake. Also, if I might add,
0: I was. I don't remember that.
1: Yeah, it was you and Written went- House, and we were talking yeah. about the Spock van. Oh, that's right. You yeah, are you while.
2: are undeniably uh outtake material all the time 24/7. That's,
0: that's what the, that's what the wife tells me.
1: <laughs> Hey-o. Okay. Hey. I wish that <laughs> uh, I wish that I planned a sort of farkism danism uh you know battle royale sort of steel cage match that would have been uh, fantastic.
2: You you can't I plan should, those. I
0: should have prepared a few just so I can go back mm-hmm. and forth.
1: No, oh, it's going to be like eight mile. <laughs> it, <laughs> just freestyle some.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that was, I, I was doing my rewatch of Voyager there the other night. Wait a second. That's a lie. I don't watch Voyager. Does <laughs> <laughs> anybody? Oh, they definitely do because I get yelled at constantly online. Bill, don't be a prude. Uh, so, so which would you
1: which would you rather watch first, the animated series or Voyager? Animated series. Wow! I oh, said that wow. so fast. You did. There was like no hesitation whatsoever.
0: Wow. Zero pause. Zero pause. I didn't put any thought into it.
1: That's uh, that's just like us. Pretty much every episode. Far moya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have traveled far from the lands of our fellow drummers. Far moya. <laughs> Farcucci I need a shirt that says Farcuchi Moya. No, no, oh.
2: yeah, no, we I do. really do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I the picture that... of you and, and Fark at Vegas when you're like looking Dollingly into his eyes.
1: No, no, no. It's got to be just the Farcucci Moya. All Maybe right. with a silhouette of Fark Wait, I would, I would put, put that in the Trek and... Geek store just to buy it myself.
0: <laughs> didn't one didn't want you guys do a like a Photoshop of me as as him. At one point? Yes. I swear. Yes. I made
2: I made a one of you with the with the uh, Chakotay tattoo, and indeed.
0: That's right. That's well, that's well, what it should be then. I like that. That's I like that's that. Like T shirt, bumper sticker, keychain, oven mitts. Thong. beefcake,
2: beefcake <laughs> calendar.
1: We're not
0: doing a voyage beefcake
1: calendar. <laughs> All right, so so let's talk about this beefcake calendar. Um, <laughs> uh, wh- when is when's this happening? Because I, I gotta I gotta get my hands on it. Oh, uh, wait, uh, wait! What do you have to
0: get your hands on for the beefcake
1: calendar?
0: Yes, yes. Okay, uh, exactly. it's, it, it, it's it's going to be a 2019 calendar, so you're going to have to wait. You just have to prime yourself.
1: Uh, right? Will for, it be like an 18 month gonna calendar? Or are you going to do the standard 12 month?
0: We'll probably do the 12, maybe a 13 just to be like, just for those lazy people that don't go out and buy a calendar until February.
1: That is a fantastic idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just now thought of that too. I'm going to suggest that to the rest of the guys.
1: Are you guys going to do like a, like a group photo for beefcakes or to make it like the the 13th month? And it'd be sort of like, um, Oh God, what's the movie with the unemployed British guys who start stripping? Um, the full Monty. Magic Mike. Yes, the full Monty. Thank you. Magic Ska-Ska-ker. Mike. They put, they <laughs> one. I'm putting you that see, one in the queue. You, you seem to recall that just a little too easily too. No, I, <laughs> you know, I had to think about the full Monty at least. All I can see now is that scene in the unemployment office where Hot Stuff is playing over the uh, over the, the Muzak and they immediately you know, they start sort of mini doing their dancing routine in their heads while they're while they're waiting for the unemployment line. And now I can see Fark doing that in my head, and I, I need brain bleach.
0: <laughs> brain, brain bleach or lotion? Which one? <laughs> or
2: both. No comment. Or both. See, you got one it on me really there, Bill, been. because I have not seen the full Monty. What? I've never seen <laughs> it.
0: You obviously have not gotten Bill drunk enough then.
1: that's uh, after last year in vegas i assure you i was i was hammered quite enough one night yep
2: (laughs) (laughs) i remember that fark oh wait no sorry you don't remember that
0: you son of a bitch
2: (laughs) it still hurts
1: still hurts it hurts us uh no it hurts you i i was mourning along with fark apparently you take delight in, in that fact what are you a gary graham fan
2: no i oh whoa <laughs> i'm <been> very upset <laughs> and i'm very upset this, this year
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he will never be on this podcast now not that he was going to do anyway well yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow oh my all right boys are you um you ready to do some damage here to season two <laughs> damage, uh, right. very, very, very slight damage
0: actually from from my end.
1: I'm uh I'm damaged. I, I know you say are. That again. Wow. All right, let me uh let me pull up the spreadsheet and then we'll make this happen.
0: Pull it out, Bill.
2: Uh
1: Well, that that took a turn. I wasn't quite ready for that. I'm sorry.
2: You don't even have to say that. He podcasts without pants on. Hey,
1: don't judge.
0: On.
2: No judgment.
1: <laughs> Judgery looks so poor on you, Dan. Indeed. All right, here
0: we go. I'm
1: waiting for Fark just to instantaneously break out into song intermittently. (laughs) All right. All right.